You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Alexa, wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all to start off the week with some good news. The Pelicans are 2-0 in summer league play. I've got the lowdown on that. Who's played well? Is there anyone that hasn't played well? Is there anyone they should sign to a max deal off of some really hot three-point shooting? We'll break down all of that uh, down for you all here in this podcast to talk a little bit more in depth on some of these guys, what we've really seen from them. There's been some decent play. But you've got to keep in mind, it is Summer League. There was also some free agent news for the Pelicans, which broke, I want to say it was Sunday. Might have been Saturday. I can't exactly remember when. And that was the news that Ian Clark is going to be coming back to the Pels on likely, again, another minimum deal. Probably the uh, the non-bird exception where he can get a 20% raise on the $1.5 million he made last year. So he'll be making right around $1.8 million. We'll talk about him, that signing, why I think that's important too. So we got all that and more in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So Pels did make that free agent move in retaining Ian Clark, and I think this is obviously very good for the Pelicans, and I think everyone really liked his play last year. You know, for a guy who only played almost 20 minutes per game, 7.4 points is pretty darn good there during that time. I think you liked what you kind of saw out of him. The three-point shooting wasn't quite there like he uh, had in Golden State, making less than one per game and also shooting just 31.8%. But when that shot wasn't there, it was there earlier on in the year. Then he kind of fell out of the rotation once the shot started to go away. And then he started earning even more minutes once DeMarcus Cousins went down. And I think that's kind of the big thing here. He played well in that up-tempo, hyper-fast style system where he could get out and transition and run and he did a lot of his scoring at the rim more so than you kind of were expecting from him and I don't think that's a bad thing I think seeing him get his shots at the rim and um, doing it at such a high level compared to what it was to start the year was definitely a good thing for the Pelicans he finished pretty well around there Um, at the rim he was shooting 68% which for guard and his size and he's only 6'3 I think he's pretty good so I think you have to like what you saw out of him overall you know we wanted him to be that spot up shooter that floor spacer for the Pelicans and I wrote about it early on to start the year that he stays level with the ball to be a good outlet but then we saw him take over games a little bit more especially once Cousins went down he got the ball in his hands a whole lot more often and that's where you really saw him playing well as the season went on when you kind of like look at it guy had um, 22 games where he scored more than 10 points and the majority of that came after the DeMarcus Cousins injury so he had some very big games for New Orleans showed he works in this system showed he can play with the ball in his hands and now that Rondo's gone you have to figure he's going to be in line for a little bit more of that looking at him to kind of also be that combo guard maybe alongside Drew Holiday and play that style where he just drove and attack and kicked and you saw him playing well because of all of that so I think this is a good move for New Orleans he gets a slight raise as well and as I talked about on the podcast last week and I've said in multiple places and if you want to see the most recent TV appearance I had I was on fourth down on four with 
uh, on over on WWL Channel 4 here in New Orleans um, with Doug Mouton and Andrew Doak talking about this. When money starts to dry up around the league, these players want to go to a place where they'll be able to play and they'll be able to show off their talents and their ability for next season where there is money and they can maybe get a bigger contract. I think that's what New Orleans represents to a number of these guys. Maybe not a big man, certainly not a big man, but a guard now that Rondo's gone and you really have Holiday and Alfred Payton and each one more, and that's it right now. And we'll talk about one of the other guys that maybe is going to figure to be in this backcourt position in Frank Jackson in a minute here. But these guys realize there's minutes to be had and they're one injury away maybe from being a starter and that looks like a pretty damn good opportunity for them so it can be very appealing if you're kind of one of those fringe guys or you you know think you deserve more money than what you're getting offered here in free agency so Ian Clark could have left and gotten a vet minimum deal somewhere for 1.5 or he can stay and make 1.8 play maybe a larger role on this team that hopefully gets him that big contract that he's going to be looking for next offseason when there's significantly more teams with cap space and maybe the Pels sign him to something bigger after two years of service here at the veteran minimum. So I think this is a good move. Again, he's played pretty well here in New Orleans. Let's not make it out to be anything that's not. It's not an amazing player, but he's adequate defensively, I think we feel comfortable saying. Um, you know, he's good offensively enough. He can light it up and score and he can get hot from behind the arc. So that's a big thing too. Obviously, Golden State makes anyone look incredibly good but the fact is he's been playing you know in in a different system this still is fast paced and up tempo and again you know he averaged more points per game last season than he had in any other of his career though per 36 minutes it's not what it was in that final season with the golden state warriors but per 36 dude was putting up 13.6 points per game I'll take that, particularly for $1.8 million if he needs to play that role. So good move for the Pelicans to bring him back and add some more guard depth. So there's been a flurry of other moves still in free agency things happening every day, especially now that the entirety of the NBA has descended on Las Vegas for Summer League. And deals can happen pretty, pretty fast. You got Tony Parker going to Charlotte. That I think is kind of the biggest surprise that everyone's seen. We break this all down for you guys over at Locked On NBA, Monday through Friday, the daily podcast, talking about everything that happened the day before. Did you miss a signing? Do you want to know how it maybe is going to impact a team or change the landscape of the NBA? Because that can happen, as we saw with DeMarcus Cousins and all of that stuff. So we break it down for you over at Locked On NBA. And of course, I host every Wednesday alongside John Krause of Locked On Celtics. And he doesn't ask for Anthony Davis in every single episode that we do together. So make sure you catch up on what's going around the league by by listening and subscribing to Locked On NBA. All right, Summer League. Yeah, that's right. Vegas is the center of the NBA world right now as everyone descends on NBA Summer League there to see some basketball. And we're kind of in the middle of that normally kind of a slow period. So it's fun just to see some of these young guys get in action. Top 10 picks, top 5 picks, former lottery picks, people just trying to make an NBA team. And of course, it was our first chance to see Frank Jackson suit up in a competitive environment for the New Orleans Pelicans. Before that, New Orleans is 2-0 and um, with blowout victories, 90-77 to over the Toronto Raptors in the first game, and then 110-84 to over the Miami Heat. Um, you play three games in pool play. The Pelicans are one of six teams that are 2-0 and right now, the other ones being the Charlotte Hornets, the Denver Nuggets, the Rockets, the Suns, and the Portland Trailblazers. So good on New Orleans being in there. This definitely, I think... Um, it looks really good 
for Pelicans summer league head coach Kevin Hansen as he kind of gets the shot coaching the team. You know, it's never ever the head coach, and it's usually side guys that kind of do this. Side guys, assistant coaches is probably the word. I don't know what I was thinking there either. Don't worry. Um, so it's kind of fun to see. This summer league was all going to be about Frank Jackson and then Czech Diallo. Diallo himself kind of set himself some lofty goals, wanting to be the MVP of summer league. And he's played well, certainly, as he should be compared to some of these guys, given that this is his third time out there now. Not dominating, but also I don't think the Pelicans really want to play him an absolute ton, a ton of minutes in these games. So I think they're kind of leaving him just a little bit. Diallo, by the way, 13.5 points per game, 9.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists. And you see him getting out there being just that springy athletic guy that you want. Struggled a little bit in the first half of the game against the Miami Heat, but bounced back in the second half as well. We're not really worried about him. He's not showing off kind of anything that new to me from what he's been saying. So I think you're just seeing a solid NBA big who kind of can kind of do it all as he does. So we're not going to spend much time on him. The big one we want to talk about first, there's a couple of guys here, to be honest, is Frank Jackson. We were excited. Everyone was excited. I think finally to see this guy that, you know, had former uh, had lottery pick written all over him till kind of a subpar season at Duke and then the injuries which dropped him to the st- the top of the second round where the Pelicans traded up to draft him. So we finally get to see him after basically redshirting his rookie year in the NBA, which means he can be rookie of the year this coming season. And then he goes out and in the first half of the game uh, plays 13 minutes, puts up 13 points, six rebounds, and looks really good. He was fast. He looked athletic. He was getting to the rim and scoring that way. Kind of what you wanted and what we thought we were going to see from this guy. He reminds you a little bit of Ian Clark, but maybe with more upside overall. A guy that can play off the ball and kind of attack, who cuts well, and just has movement and energy, which for the Pelicans and their system requiring so much movement is definitely a good thing in what you want to see. So nice to see from him. And then he went down after stepping on a Toronto player's ankle, hit the ground hard and started slamming his hand on the ground. That's scary. You see that, that initial reaction. You're like, Oh God, how bad is it going to be? Is he going to miss the second season? And you're just kind of jumping through all these things. It's just a sprain and nothing like that. It's swollen. They're holding him out of the rest of summer league and said he'd be reevaluated in four weeks. So that's good. The good news also on this is that the injury is to the other leg, the other foot than what he had the surgeries on. So that's good too. So look, we saw glimpses and flashes of him. Would it have been nice for him to play at least three games in summer league? Yeah, to get some seasoning because, again, I still think the Falcons plan to keep him in the D-League most of the year, kind of like what they did with Diallo his first year here. So we'll see if he plays a larger role. I think it depends on how the rest of free agency goes for this team. But um, Frank Jackson showing off what you want to see out of him in summer league, at least in the the minimum amount of time. And I mean, my God, is it just not the most Pelicans thing ever? That kind of the prize rookie, the prize guy in the summer league roster here goes out and just gets hurt right away and can't play anymore because why not? And also in street clothes released the numbers the other day. Pelicans missed the most games due to injury, at least I think, and I casually glance at it. So maybe I'm wrong and this is misinformation. If that's the case, I'm sorry. Um, I believe they missed the most amount of games last season due to injuries so that's something to keep in mind as well so of course this happened here to New Orleans where they lose Frank Jackson early on in in summer league because it's not going to go any other way than that huh 
All right, to be fair, I just pulled it up. Yes, the Pelicans did miss the most games to injury again last season, mainly due to Alexi Ajinsa and Frank Jackson not appearing in a single game this year and Solomon Hill missing the majority of the season as well. So that really kind of elevated those numbers, but they're taken into account with that all. But I just want to make it clear that it's not like they had, you know, rotating cast of injuries, things like that. It's kind of held down by really two guys, three guys that make this look maybe worse than it is. I don't know because it's not really injuries that occurred during the season. So before we talk about the standout player for the Pelicans in Summer League, make sure you check out LockedOnPelicans.com. we got great stuff up there all the time. We want to know more about Alfred Payton, this DeMarcus Cousins situation, how it was just likely going to go this way once the negotiations really started. Give it a read over at LockedOnPelicans.com. So there is a breakout star for the Pelicans in Summer League, and it is not Chuck Diallo, it's not Frank Jackson, it's not any of the other names you're going to think of because no one predicted that this might happen. And it is certainly, most definitely, Trayvon Blewett. He's the six foot five, six six, maybe depending on how you want to classify him, guard, wing, kind of perimeter player out of Xavier that went undrafted in the most recent NBA draft. And boy, or maybe there's some teams kicking themselves right now. Um, certainly, based off of the shooting that he's shown here in, with New Orleans in Vegas right now, and he's probably as hot as that Vegas sun is. This is a dude who's averaging 25 points per game, 50 points over two games. He had 24 in the first game, 26 in the second game. During that time, he's hit 12 three-pointers out of 18 attempts. That's two-thirds, ladies and gentlemen. That is 66.666, so we're rounding up 67% from deep, while also rebounding kind of well with 4.5 per game. So kind of doing all of the things you want to see out of this guy. The Pelicans' fast pace is certainly helping him, and he is getting very wide-open looks right now. And... So the question everyone wants to know is, do the Pelicans sign him to a two-way deal right now or sign him for the season? And I'm going to look, it's two games in summer league. You guys, we can't get that excited about a lot of this. He's playing against guys and with guys that just aren't going to be in the NBA ever. So you've got to wonder how good he is. Is he certainly good enough to sign with the Pelicans um, for training camp and get a spot there to earn a, a roster spot or a two-way contract then? Yeah, absolutely. But I think it'd be a little bit early to hand him a two-way deal right now. Though, the Pelicans last year kind of cycled through a lot of guys with their two-way contracts. You know, Quinn Cook was one of them there. Uh, Jalen Jones was one of them as well. So there's a number of guys they had. And then we're just like, now nah, we'll get someone else. So you could sign him now and then just cut him later if you decide there's someone else you want or what have you and you just eat the money. That money doesn't count against the salary cap. So I think that's an okay thing potentially to do and maybe the Pelicans do just to make sure they retain him here. But if you guys think this guy's that good, you don't want him on a two-way deal either. He can only play 45 days with the parent club before you need to sign him to a season-long contract and then he takes up a roster spot. So it's not necessarily the best idea if you think he has a shot of playing heavy minutes or a significant role here with New Orleans. That's kind of a big thing to keep in mind with it. The shot's been good. At times, his shot selection has not been. You've seen him takes a few ill-advised shots, and Kevin Hansen even talked about this the other day, saying that's kind of the big thing. The shooting's there. Now, if his shot selection gets a little bit better, he can be a very good player, at least, again, in summer league, because this largely does not predict anything when it comes to NBA play whatsoever. So, 
Blewett is the guy who everyone is talking about. It's been a lot of fun. I think the Pelicans should have them him right in their sights for a two-way or something along those lines. But I think it's still a little bit early to tell. Let's see how he fares in game three, where he's certainly either going to start or get a significant number of minutes. But he does lack that kind of NBA size for the wing at 6'6". You know, he's not pulling in much taller than Etwan Moore is here or Drew Holiday or some of these guys. So when they're looking for size at that position, I don't know if that's exactly the way they want to go with it. The shooting's nice, though. But again, can he do that when he's got better defenders closing out on him? I'm not so sure, but the Pelicans are kind of playing their style out in transition. He's making some passes with that, averaging 1.5 assists per game. So certainly there's a lot of potential, and he's fun to watch. It's a good story, the undrafted guy playing as well as he is. So again, dude to keep an eye on in this summer league as they go on, because when the Pelicans make the summer league playoffs, he's got at least you know one more game in pool play, one playoff game. So we'll see how he does in there. And then if he really excels in both of those, that's when we should take a look at him and, and consider it. And don't forget the defense, which it's tough to kind of tell in summer league. And so I think that's something to keep in mind too. Again, that's where the size and everything really can come into play with it all. So, now that we've got Blewett out of the way, and everyone's excited about him, let's not lie here. The guy the Pelicans drafted in the second round, Tony Carr, has gotten two games worth of action as well, averaging 26.3 minutes per game. He's putting up 7.5 points and 4.5 assists. He's looked like a second-round pick would look like in summer league. Very hesitant. His shot's not the greatest. He's trying a little bit too hard to be a pure point as opposed to a score, but he gets into the lane. He gets to the rim. He draws contact and gets fouled, which maybe keeps him around. The Pelicans were very non-committal about him on draft night, saying maybe they'll try and find other ways to keep him around. Second-round picks you can wave, and it's not the end of the world. Uh, they have, as far as I'm aware, they haven't offered him a multi-year contract or anything, which you can do as well. So his status is still going to be up in the air with New Orleans to see what they want to do. And it also might have to do with what they, what they do in free agency for both of these guys, to be honest. If they get another wing, there might not be a ton of minutes for Blewett out there. Um, so Tony Carr looks like, you know, a, a second round pick, an, a non-highly drafted rookie playing in the NBA. Nothing that good. Nothing horrible, I would say. So I think that's fine for where he should be now. He's a long-term developmental prospect at best. Another guy I just want to mention out there, because you saw him play with this team last year, was Walt Lemon Jr., who's averaging 14 points and four rebounds in summer league, along with six assists. High flyer, he's a guy you might want to look at to put on a two-way contract. Had two 10-day stints with New Orleans last year. Could maybe be a guy who knows their system a little bit. They'll tend to bring those guys back. Again, it's two games into summer league. Let's not rush to give Blewett a max contract or a two-way contract. It's been a nice story so far. He's still undersized for a wing. I think that's an important thing really to keep in mind and might keep him away from this Pelicans team a little bit longer. But hey, 2-0 in summer league. That's not bad when you think about it. And you're seeing some, some flashes from the guys you want to see. Diallo is steadily and good out there. And Frank Jackson looked decent in the short stint he had, and you've got to at least be happy that he didn't look terrible. I think that's the biggest takeaway here from the Pelicans in Summer League.
So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Good start to the week with the Pels 2-0 in Las Vegas. A lot of fun. They play tonight against the Detroit Pistons. Not tonight, in the afternoon. 2 o'clock against the Detroit Pistons for their final pool game of Summer League. We'll see if they can go 3-0 and and then what their draw in the playoffs will be. So a lot of fun. Nice to see some of these young guys flashing a little bit of potential. But don't get too excited just yet. It's just two, soon to be three games in Summer League, and that does not make a career whatsoever so thank you all for listening as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter pelicans insider credential member of the media editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com. and i'll be back with you all tomorrow to talk a little bit more about the pels free agency and summer league